Welcome to this podcast produced for Business Lincolnshire as part of the Fit for Business programme. I am Guy Lewis and today we are joined by Deborah Goodall from Air8 Marketing to discuss things to think about when choosing company and business names. Hi Deborah. Firstly, are there different types of names that we should consider when thinking about our company name? Hi Guy. Uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of different things to consider when choosing a company name um, and really you can split them into three categories. So there's um, names that describe what you do, things like um, Kentucky Fried Chicken or Toys R Us or Just Eat. Um, and then there are names that might initially mean nothing, but then could grow into a brand. So if you think about the likes of Amazon, um, obviously Amazon it was you know uh, synonymous with the rainforest and now it's synonymous with um, purchasing online. Uh, names like Starbucks, etc. Or you could come up with a completely new name um, such as Ocado. Okay, and how do you decide what's a good name, you know, for your business? Well, there's there's lots of things to influence um, what's a good name for your business, uh, and ultimately it comes down to understanding what's going to resonate with your customers the most. Uh, so the start point is to understand your customers, and then think about actually. Um, what the names that you are considering will conjure up in their minds um, and try and make the name sort of relevant to them and your business. So if you think about business such as Leaf Envy, uh, which is an online plant retailer, they're very much kind of targeting people who are um, uh, keen keen on plants but wanting the very best plants so that they're um, peers or friends or neighbours will be almost envious of their plant collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I, I get that one. And 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 what about uh, you know things that might be around for a long time, or what about things you know, you know how do you, how do you get something that's going to be durable or? Well, that's quite difficult. It's almost like you need a crystal ball to see in the future. So, if, so if you think about the likes of um, Carphone Warehouse, obviously really strong brand. brand uh, back in the day, really strong name, you know, mobile phones were um, car phones, you know, um, and now nobody really calls a mobile phone a car phone, car phone warehouse, doesn't really resonate with, you know, anybody under the age of 40, I would guess, you know, because they'd be like, well, actually, what's a car phone? So, you know, it, it, you kind of have to think about actually what is going to work long term for your business. Um, so there was a business um, set up called uh, the Hebden Trouser Company um, who basically started making really good quality trousers based in Hebden Bridge and it was all about using local suppliers. And they've diversified their collection uh, to include all sorts of things from uh, Yorkshire pudding trays to action blankets to all sorts of stuff. And they've actually contracted their name. And so they're now their brand name is now Heb, Heb Troco. Um, so they've actually got a name that uh, harks back to their original, um, but they've basically created this new brand. Okay. And, and what about um, you know, words that, that mean something or don't mean something or you know, might mean something here uh, you know, in, in Lincolnshire, but, but mean something different elsewhere? Yeah, it, you know, there's there's lots of aspects on that. There's there's sort of localisms to take into account. So you know, what what might be bobbins in one county as being something that's really good might be bobbins, meaning that's a load of rubbish in another county. So you kind of have to think actually, do you have a region in which you're operating in, um, or are you are you operating in a country? Um, if you're thinking of a a word um, and you're going to operate internationally. What does that word mean overseas? You know, there's 
There's a lot of examples of businesses that have had to change their name because it means something offensive um, in another country and they've, they've then started to uh, sort of sell in that territory. Um, or you can just create a new word. Uh, so you and I were having a discussion the other day about um, Exxon and how that's actually, you know, it's not a word. It doesn't mean anything. They just created that because they knew it was a neutral phrase that they could use around the world. Are there any names we should avoid? Yeah, surprisingly, there are actually guide names that you need to, well, words that or expressions that you need to avoid rather than names particularly. Um, so uh, some need approval from Secretary of State, things like association and royal and English and council. Mm. And then actually if you're um, registering with Companies House, uh, then the, you can only have a maximum of 160 characters. And obviously it needs to be... Um, a name that's not already been registered and it doesn't infringe on the trademarks. And there's kind of um, punctuations, abbreviations, signs and symbols that you shouldn't use as well. Um, to be honest, the best thing to do is kind of reference them on um, gov.uk and kind of look up incorporation and names on there and, uh, and sort of familiarise yourself before brainstorming all the names that you're going to come up with. Okay. And is there, is there anything about spelling and that sort of stuff that you, you need to think about? Well, you know, it's it's best not to misspell words unless that's what appeals to your target audience. You know, if you've got a if you if you've got a product or a business where um, it's appealing to a, a young or funky target audience, then um, having a misspelling in your name could be worth um, exploring. You know, obviously TikTok went that way, Flickr went that way. There's kind of this trend of dropping dropping vowels out. So your name is going back to knowing your customer. Absolutely. What are they comfortable with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And and, and I guess also that yeah, you don't want the, 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 the longest sort of title in the world. No, no, definitely not. No, there's, uh, there's definitely something in having a, having a short name, you know, um, and it might be that it's really short and to the point. So it might be that the name features what you do. So you might be. Bob the Builder, for example, but you don't. If you if you then start and think about actually how your name is going to appear on business cards, or it's going to appear as a, a web address, having a really long name or or a or an email address, you know, having to spell that out over the phone to people, people having to remember what it is if they see it on an advert, etc. You know, just just all becomes a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Got it. So, so I think of a great name. This is going to be my business. Off I go and do it. Uh, there are some steps to do beforehand. So um, as a marketeer, I would obviously suggest that you might run these ideas past some of your potential target audience or, you know, friends and family so that people, you've got a chance to get a bit of feedback as to actually what that name conjures up with people. And I know I did that with my own business. You know, I actually came up with quite a few names um, and then uh, sort of landed on on air rate as a result of thinking about breathing life into businesses. Um, so, you know, it, it, do test your sort of potential names. Um, and then there is a bit further sort of um, due diligence to do, really, I guess. You know, is anybody else using that name? Um, are people using that name in the same sector as you? You know, have they already got an established uh, sort of business or brand? So you've got to be careful not to step on people's toes. Um, there's other places that you can ch sort of check as well. Um, companies House, for example. So whether or not you are looking to be a limited company, it's worth seeing on the limited, uh, limited companies 
you know, it's worth seeing on the company's house register um, if any limited companies are using those names. What about what about location specific? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, again, you know, it comes down to are you going to operate in that solely in that region, or are you trying to um, uh, capitalize on that sense of place? You know, so um, I'm trying to think of a region specific example now. Oh, you've put me on the spot, guy. Uh, I I I I was thinking of someone who was a. Uh, um... So, Tom Bowler Services Northern, you know, I don't know if there's a sur- southern idea, but you know, there's that, that that sort of idea. Well, I'm in the north, so don't you know? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna supply the south. I just do the north because there's someone else there, or it's a different territory. Yeah, so so it, that might be a different territory. But if you think about, say, um, so I'm going to use my events company. So if you think about Yorkshire True Grit, we were capitalising on the sense of place and all the features of Yorkshire to actually bring that into the title, you know, and there was also. Uh, maybe initial thoughts that we would um, roll those out across the country. So there might have been a Lincolnshire True Grit, there might have been a Devon True Grit, etc. Um, so you kind of have to think, what are your overall aims with the business and how how the name might um, help with that or restrict that growth in some way? Okay, so so sometimes using that regionality as being, I'm going to set up this one and then maybe roll it out with the rest of the country. So that 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 makes some sense. So we've discussed company names, uh, and of, I think the next bit to think about is you've got a company name. How, how does that, or does it relate to the domain name? Is that something you should be thinking about in in, in like all in one? Yeah, it's it's a good idea to start thinking about it all in one. So, um, with with your domain name, um, your probability of ranking in um, in a search result. Um, so if someone is searching for, say, marketing services, my business name, Air Rate Marketing, has got marketing in there. So the probability of ranking on a search for um, uh, marketing services is slightly increased because it's within the domain name. It's going to be within the title of the pages. It's going to be within the page descriptions. Um, but if you are um, just, you know, Guy Lewis. Nobody knows what you do, Guy. So, you know, trying to then um, convey what you do through your brand image is going to be much more difficult. So so trying to um, have your uh, specialism, so mm-hmm. Bob the Builder, Pete the Plumber, um, uh, Kerry the Carpenter, you know, within your business name can aid um, rankings. And it can also sort of uh, land a bit better with your customers, to be honest, you know, because then it's much more instant recognition. So, so, I, I, so I, I make my name up, you know, decide it, throw it past a few friends, looking at domain names, and there's, oh, do, you know, there's, there's loads. There's .com, there's .co, there's .co UK, there's .tv, they go, lots of them. You know, what's, what's your thoughts? What's, what's the sort of, you know, should you, should you get them all? Should you just go for the key ones? What are the key ones? What are the, well, what are the key ones indeed? And again, this kind of comes down to your target audience and what is going to land with them and um, build trust. So, so the solid ones, sort of the safe options, if you like, are obviously uh, .co.uk, um, .com.uk, .com, you know, and just from a matter of protecting your name, it's probably worth um, having a look down what's available, getting uk, maybe getting the .com one to redirect and maybe the .co just so if someone else, 
you know, buys that domain, then you've got control of the key ones. But if your target audience is um, much younger and much more open to the idea of uh, a domain name that has a different ending, then don't just think, oh, it's got to be .co because you might be buying, you know, uh, you might buy something that is much more reflective of your business. Um, so you can, I mean, you can buy all sorts now, you know, there, there seems to be no limits on what the, what the ending on your domain name is. So buy the one that will, will resonate with your target audience. Yeah. There was, there was something I also caught on the, on, on TV the other day and it was about, you know, certain things being caught in spam filters, mm. you know, so, so yeah. being aware of that. But just something to take into account. So, so the trusted ones, .co.uk, .com.uk, .co, um, .com, uh, are less likely to get caught in spam filters. Um, but again, you know, it depends on how your customers set up their spam filters in the first place, what their attitude is to security. A, a lot of it is really just about building trust with customers. So think about actually how your customer is going to perceive what your website address is. My name is Guy Lewis, and you're with myself and Deborah Goodall discussing things to think about when choosing company and business names. Uh, I just wanted to go there. How do you go on about protecting your, uh, your your name? Yeah, so so if you um, go onto the company's house website, even if you are not planning on being a limited company, then it you know it is worth considering buying that company name. Um, just to protect yourself against someone else setting up with that name and potentially, you know, damaging your reputation or contesting that they own the name and you don't. It's it's a relatively easy process. Um, I can't think that it costs very much. I'm thinking it was like mm, less than thirty pounds, maybe. Um, yeah, it's been a bit been a bit of a while since I've done one, but you know it's worth doing for the for the money that uh, that you outlay, and you just set it up as a dormant company, so that if you don't want to use it, um, that you don't have to go through a massive process of submitting accounts, and it's it's but it's yours. No one else can come along and just take it away from you. So that's like you're a sole trader. Yeah. You're not a limited. But actually, go into company's house and and register a limited company in that name so you're protecting the name that way. Absolutely, yeah. Got you, got yeah, you, got yeah. you. Worth and then it. obviously that runs to domain names as well, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. So so pick up the domain names that you want and then think about actually are there others within that suite that you potentially um, could buy to protect uh, you know, against other people using it in the future. Are there any other ways of sort of protecting the name? Yeah, you can you can have a look at the intellectual property office and see if anyone's registered the name as a trademark. Um, and again, it's you know you could consider registering it as a trademark yourself. Um, again, not a particularly expensive um, uh, sort of process to go through. It is something that you can do yourself. Um, you uh, have to select which categories uh, you want to register the trademark in. I think you select from. I think there's 18 categories off the top of my head, something like that. And you, you select which which category you are operating within. Um, there is an opportunity for those in the other categories to contest if if someone else is using it in a different category. Um, but it's, you know, like I say, relatively simple sort of process to go through um, and could be worth giving consideration to for some businesses. And obviously we talked about the, you know, the, the, the business name. We talked about domain names. 
social media, I guess, is a, is a is a as bigger, if not bigger, aspect of this. Absolutely, you know, and and sort of collecting the social addresses, um, hopefully that match your domain name, which should match your business name. So it's really easy for people to think, oh, I want to see whether that person is on Twitter or LinkedIn or um, Facebook or whatever it is. And if they're all exactly the same, how much easier is that for your customer to? be able to find you and know that they're actually interacting with the same business. I was doing a bit of reading on this and I came across, you know, checking things with Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary, yeah, absolutely. You know, what 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 you and I, Guy, like, you know, at our age, think a word means could mean something else to someone uh, different completely. So it's always worth just, you know, running it through Urban Dictionary, seeing how you feel about the associations that it maybe got with a different generation, um, you know. And uh, you know, maybe maybe educate yourself a bit on some uh, some youthful language. <laughs> I think I heard a 60th birthday speech with lots of words that were different in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> I'm sure there was. Um, so great, we talked about the names, we talked about domains. I mean, how does this is this does, is this different with different business entities? You know, the sole traders, the partnerships, the limited companies. Um, so. <laughs> Sort of yes and no. As a as a sole trader or partnership or, or limited company, you want to obviously own all you can to to uh, protect other people from um, buying your name in the future. Um, for how you present yourself, though, there are specific rules to follow. So if you're a sole trader or partnership um, and you're trading as a as a business name then actually you need to present your um, personal information on uh, your website and on uh, letterheads and invoices, etc. So so I would have been um, uh, Deborah Goodall trading as Air Rate Marketing rather than just hiding behind Air Rate Marketing. But as a limited company, I would be um, Air Rate Marketing Limited and then you would have your registered in England number and you'd have to show your address, etc. So there are different guidelines to follow for different company types. Um, and the best thing to do really is uh, check gov.uk for the up-to-date list of rules and regulations that you need to follow to stay on the right side of sort of the company law. Okay, thank you very much. You've been listening to a Business Lincolnshire podcast. Look out for the next episode. If you're listening on the Business Lincolnshire YouTube channel, don't forget to give us a thumbs up or subscribe down below. If you're on your favourite podcast platform, then remember to follow the show. More information at businesslincolnshire.com.